As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents... Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in a post NFL draft edition of Hogan Johns wrapping it all up. It is over. It is Sunday morning. We're recovering from the draft. And uh, I'm yeah, I, I think I said to my wife at least three times last night, Johns, I still can't believe Justin Fields is on the Bears. <laughs> I, I don't think the Bears can believe it. Yeah, I, I'm serious about this. Like, there's still that level of, like, holy crap, this guy is our next quarterback. And he literally fell to us. He had to make a move up. But that feeling is still, at least according to the people I was talking to yesterday, that was still real at Alice Hall in the final yeah. day of the draft. It's it's an unreal feeling. I believe it. You know, because even for us, you still got to cover the rest of the draft. And for them, they gotta still, they're still scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, next pick. You, you sort of just have to go with, like, next pick mentality. And then probably once you finally sit back on Saturday night and soak in the whole thing. You're like, holy crap, that actually happened. Like Matt Nagy this Sunday morning is probably waking up or has woken up with the biggest smile (laughs) on his face. You know, looks out his window. The sun is shining. There's a new quarterback on his roster. He's pretty damn good, too. And it's got to be a feeling. Yeah, it's a. Pretty, pretty incredible. So, uh, by the way, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, we did not plan the fact that we are basically wearing the same shirt. So at least that, from the shoulders. Up. That's unfortunate. But we both looked at each other and we were like, we're not changing. <laughs> so no, you got to deal with that. We're wearing the blue shirts today, I guess. Um, well, there's a lot to to recap. Uh, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns on Twitter. Uh, plenty of on co- unbelievable amount of content up on NBCSportsChicago.com on our side, and uh, I know you and Kevin Fishbane and Dan Pompey and the whole crew have plenty up on the Athletic as well. TheAthletic.com/slash Hogan Johns to get all of that. Um, so you're probably catching up on Sunday, going through it all. Uh, please do. Please check it. Check it out. But uh, there's plenty to talk about here on this podcast. But we still got to start with Fields, right? I mean, <laughs> there were picks made yesterday. There's been some free agent signings. Um, but this is all about the Bears getting their new quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's well, it was good to hear from Matt Nagy. You know, usually Matt Nagy talks at the end of these things, yeah. you know, um, just to, to hear his perspective. The, it's going to be the blueprint, um, the Chiefs blueprint. That is the plan right now, uh, whether or not it plays out the same way. We don't know. He doesn't know. He made sure to say that uh, Saturday night, but it's this is his quarterback. And I, I think all questions and answers, like if there's a push to play him, it just all ends on Nagy's desk. 
Like if he doesn't feel like he's ready, then he's not going to play. And we'll see how fast this, this turns around. Like, like part of me, Adam thinks as the 11th overall pick, he should be ready to play as a two year starter with a lot of big wins at Ohio state. He should be ready to, to play with wins against Clemson, you know, with a big 10 championship. Like he's, He's proven himself at the highest level of collegiate football. He should be ready to play. But we know the NFL is a different animal. We know that there's a lot that goes into being ready for these games on Sunday. And we'll see how long they can be patient. Like that, That's my question, is how long the Bears can be patient with this process, this plan they're putting in place for Justin Fields. Yeah, I, and I think that's a big part of this that will have to be sorted out. Um, I do believe that that is the plan. I mean, there, there's sometimes like when you pick a quarterback early, you kind of know they're going to like Joe Burrow last year. What were, what else were they really going to do? Yeah. Joe Burrow's going to play. Trevor Lawrence is going to be starting week one. Zach Wilson, probably going to be starting uh, week one. I, I do think though, when you look at what the bears did to sign Andy Dalton with Nick Foles on the roster, this really is the plan. Now, Kansas City was able to sit Mahomes that whole year. That's a little bit of a different situation because weren't they eleven and five? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was my yeah. That was my question to Nagy. Like Alex yeah. Smith had a type of season that made Matt Nagy the head coaching candidate. <laughs> like, yes, I mean Al- yeah. Alex Smith was a. Um, uh, not just good, but had like transformed into a guy who could suddenly uh, throw the ball downfield, and th- th- it was a vertical offense. And th- there was there were not weekly conversations where you're scrutinizing the quarterback play and saying, "Come on, put the rookie in." Alex Smith was playing just fine. So, to answer your question, like what it, what will it take? to really have that situation play out here, it's going to take a lot of wins. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're going to have to be a winning football team. They're going to have to be winning with Andy Dalton. As long as they keep winning, then you can do that. But the question is, can they win with Andy Dalton? Is there enough firepower on that in the offense without Justin Fields? Or has Justin Fields got to be the piece that comes in? Because, again, remember, Kansas City, they had Kelsey. They had Tyreek Hill. They had... All these, they had plenty of cream very hunt. Good, very right? good offensive line. Yeah. Just looking at, so there's 2017. Uh, Alex Smith is, is well, the Chiefs record with him is their starter. He started 15 games. Let's not forget Mahomes came in, I think, in week 17 to play, um, just uh, as Andy Reid rested his starters. But they were 9-6 and six with Alex Smith as their quarterback. He had a completion percentage of 67.5. He had a career high, career high. 4,042 passing yards. Career high. He had a career high 26 touchdown passes. Um, all the advanced stuff. A career high pass rating. Uh, you know, people don't like pass rating, whatever. Um, but a career high pass rating of 104.7. Let me see if this. And a QBR. Career high QBR. Uh, no. Tied his career high in QBR at 65.1. So... Had an outstanding season individually, Alex Smith did in 2017. Like that alone keeps the calls for a quarterback on the bench. Yeah, rookie quarterback. Come on, that's just not that's not how it's going to be this year for the Bears. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) let's just be honest. Why? It's because it's the Bears. It's the Bears. Um, You know, I I, this is a whole different conversation. But like, don't you think it's realistic the defense is going to slip a little bit this year? Like, I do like the the Sean Desai promotion and I do think he's going to help I'm not saying the defense is going to be bad I think the defense will be good but let's let's say this it's at least going to be like last year I feel like where there's there's weeks where you're kind of frustrated that they couldn't whether it's stop the run or you know they, they, they lost Kyle Fuller that matters like there, there's there, there's they're not going to be a shutdown defense like 2018 or some of those Lovey Smith years where you could over you could really carry the quarterback on the other side and have that win with guy, which is what Andy Dalton is. I'm not knocking Andy Dalton. Like I, I think Andy Dalton can be okay. But come on, we know how this is gonna play out this year. They're, they're, whether the Bears put fields in there or not, we're not gonna be talking about a season where Andy Dalton is carrying a first place club. <laughs> into I, November and you're feeling great about the quarterback play. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll say this. 
It is very different than 2017, though. Like, the Bears are a better team than 2017. Oh, yeah. So, I like, you see that you can see this a, a couple ways. Like, it's a, it's a better situation for a rookie quarterback to come into and play. I mean, you just look at what Trubisky, like, his, <laughs> the guys he played with in his first start, like, it's not good. I'm not even going to mention the names, but it, but it's 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 <laughs> yeah, not it's, good. It's not good. It's um, and they rushed him. Let's let's be clear. We all know that they rushed Mitch Trubisky because Mike Glennon was atrocious as a quarterback. I, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be atrocious. I don't, but I don't know if that's going to prevent calls from being made because they're also a better team. You know, like it's to your point earlier about whether or not Justin Fields is actually that player or can be that player as a rookie who takes them to another level at quarterback. Like, yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because they are a better team. And one big difference, too, we got to talk about, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is amazing. But, like, you hear that story, Nagy, uh, well, didn't Pace tell it, and then Nagy brought it up again yesterday. Um, about where, Mahomes yelling yeah, in Mahomes, the huddle. Yeah, Like, he'd never been in a huddle before. Um, Now, I'm sure that Fields is going to have to go through some of that, too. But we're talking about a guy that played at Ohio State in an offense that's that translates. Um, when we had Nate Tyson, he was talking about that. You know, he 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 played in a system, and I think that's part really a part of the reason why Nagy and Ryan Day probably talk so much about offensive concepts and have stayed in in touch. I, I mean, you you see that what Fields was doing at Ohio State is what Matt Nagy's been trying to do here and couldn't. Right with the quarterback he had, and I guess what I'm trying to say is like Andy Dalton's not going to be able to do that either. He may be able to operate the offense, but it's going to be extremely tempting, right, for Nagy to say, "Oh, but we got this guy," and I, I, I think he's going to be more polished early than Mahomes. Sort of an unknown because Mahomes didn't play that year. But I just think Fields from day one is going to come in a little bit more ready. He was not playing in an air raid at Texas Tech, right? He was playing at Ohio State in huge games. I would say it's closer to Watson, like Deshaun Watson. Yeah. yeah. And Watson came in and played Yeah, before he got hurt. He was there. So in terms of readiness, at least that's what... That doesn't mean they're going to throw him out there, but I do think he's... Fields is more ready than Mahomes probably was as a rookie, and so when you when you compare both situations, Alex Smith versus Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields versus Patrick Mahomes, just in how they might have been in 2017, I think it all adds up to. I'll be very surprised if Fields does not play as a rookie at some point. Yeah, did it Deshaun Watson start off behind Tom Savage? I think so, and then they were like, um, "That was a quick." Hook, right? Like what a pull by you there, Tom Savage. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I was going yeah. deep. I don't know yeah. if you could see my my that that little guy clapping in the brain there. Yeah. <laughs> I think Tom like, Savage might have been like a six round pick in a Hogue Bears mock draft once. <laughs> so you know? yeah, it was Tom Savage, was it not? I think so. I he think was, you're right. He was the Texans starting quarterback um before Deshaun Watson <laughs> before the Texans got smart, like, oh yeah, let's just play. Deshaun Watson. You know, I was thinking last night, like, like at worst, like at worst, what is Justin Fields? You know, because like Trubisky was a bigger projection, like a significant projection. Like we knew that it was going to take time. Um, we knew he needed help. We knew the Bears as a team needed to improve on both sides of the ball. And you saw some of that play out well in 2018. But like you, you knew there was more projection for, with that pick. With with fields, there's significantly less, and I'm trying to think like at, at worst, like who is he in the NFL? Like what's the best comparison? And, and I landed. How, how do you like this? Okay. Like Cam Newton. Now Cam Newton was league MVP one year, and he's had some ups and downs in the league. You know, he's the Patriots starting quarterback. But like, I'm thinking to myself, at worst, like this, he could have a career like that, like a like a guy who could carry your team. Not not all the time, but this is just the at worst. Scenario. I. How do you feel about that type of comparison? Uh, I mean, I, I think you gotta like it. That comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I think that makes sense. Um. Sorry. I was looking up what Deshaun Watson did. So, do you know how long Tom Savage made it? Game and he, a half. You're right. T- Tom Savage started that Week One game against the 
Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles at quarterback, by the way. Um, Allen Robinson was in that game. Tom Savage threw 13 passes. Deshaun Watson was out there <laughs> by the middle of the oh, first game. It was that quick. I, I knew he replaced him early in that yep. season in a game. That was the first yep. game. And Watson threw 23 passes in that game, uh, 102 yards. Didn't actually play terribly well. Uh, his passer rating was only 60 in that game. But um, So, yeah. And then he was the starter by the next week. Starts about half the season, and then he uh, got hurt. And uh, that was his rookie season. But you could see that he was pretty good once he got out there. So, look, I don't think it's going to be that fast. I don't think we're seeing Justin Fields by halftime of week one. But I do think he's he's closer to that kind of ready that Deshaun Watson was as a rookie, if that makes sense. Cam Newton started 16 games yeah. as a rookie. And um, like, there's reasons I don't like the comparison, but just in terms of how big he is, how he runs, that the toughness that the Bears kept talking about, and kept talking about, and kept talking about yesterday, especially Pace and then Nagy. Like I envision Cam Newton, just the way he can run, the way he can bulldoze guys. I don't think um, well, he's not as big as Cam Newton, but the the profile is there, right? The athletic makeup is, is the same. The strong arm is the same. Actually, I think Fields is probably a better deep ball passer than Cam Newton was or is or. Whatever can't throw Probably. anymore. You can't yeah. throw anymore because of all the injuries. But <laughs> um, I, I I just that struck me though. Like like at worst, I think the Bears just drafted a Cam Newton like player. Now you like you expect more Pro Bowls than Newton did. You expect more w- wins than you know Newton produced for Carolina. But like think about that, Adam. Like at worst, that's what the Bears might have as their starting quarterback. Maybe not this year, but in twenty twenty two. That's if you're saying that's the floor, that's a that's that's a pretty good floor. Yeah, yeah. That's like, where, would, where would you put his floor? Like, tell me what, what, in, in your mind. Give me a player. Where's no? His floor? I agree because I was at you know I I was asked about this last week when I had to go through my quarterback rankings and I like again I had Trey Lance. I, I struggled between those two and I put Lance slightly ahead, but I also admitted like Lance definitely has the higher bust rate. There's a there's a better chance that Trey Lance is going to bust out. Um, than, than Justin Fields. So, I don't know if I have a... Maybe like... I know Steve McNair has been used more as a comp for Trey Lance, but I'm going to use that as a comp for what you're asking right now in terms of career. Okay. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, again, <laughs> again, like, that's the beauty of this pick. And that's yeah. the... Why there's such... Or maybe like... Dante Culpepper? No, I don't he's know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, you asked me floor. I'm trying yeah, to think yeah. of a okay, fair. That's fl- fair. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't want to hype this guy up as a. I don't know if we're putting him in Can- Canton here yeah. on the first. Well, I don't podcast. think Cam Newton's a Canton guy. Like, I don't think he's going no. to Hall of Fame. It's it's. But the the ability and like the the projection, like that's the projection. Like it's it's there's there's just less. I don't want like there's less projection because. Like Trubisky, there was a lot of like, what can this guy do? It's it's envisioning like the best yeah. case scenario. With Fields, we're envisioning the worst case scenario, and I think everybody in Chicago would take it. Yeah. Again, that's the beauty of this selection. That's why they're still so jubilant. Use that word, jubilant, up in Lake Forest. You know, Josh Allen kind of comes to mind too, but I don't think it's going to take three years for you to be like, oh. Yeah, you know, Justin yeah. Fields has arrived again. I, I mean, Allen see, came see, I, from I would Wyoming. say that again, that's projection, right? Like he came yeah. from Wyoming. Um, level of competition, all that stuff is in question, and now you see him become a superstar in year three. But, but I think there's some similarities in their games. Yeah, there is in terms of big arms. Josh and I keep saying this about Fields. You know, he's a pocket passer who can, who is also mobile, who happens to be mobile. That's what Josh Allen is. Huge arm. Fields doesn't have quite the arm of Josh Allen. Because Allen's arm is like a a rocket, but um, it's still plenty good. It's a vertical passing game. I, that, that, that's that's what I think. But maybe you have that by year two, like J- Josh Allen's breakout season last year. I think you, you probably have that maybe by year two with Justin Fields. Man, it, it, yeah. This this is just like having this conversation, entertaining this conversation. 
it's just it's every quarterback stick, we just yeah. named would be the best quarterback in Bears history. Yeah, it, it, it's just <laughs> it's quite unbelievable. It's quite yeah. un- unbelievable. You know, like it's part of the vibe that feels different than than 2017, right? Like this, everything we just said is well. Mitch was projection. Yeah. Mitch was, yeah, he can do all this, but who knows until he gets out yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's you turn on the film with Fields and it's there. It's 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 in front of you. Um and I actually have sort of a I don't know how this or why this happens. But sometimes right when the draft is over, for some reason know right away that it was a good pick. If that makes sense. Like or you're or you're just like, um, like Darnell Mooney last year. Didn't know a ton about him really until the week of the draft. But you could just tell by the way Nagy talks about him. Like, oh, this, this is a good pick. He's gonna be he's gonna play early. Like yeah. you just knew that on like yeah. Yeah. And, and so and I think that happened with Watson. And I I've already raised my hand multiple times this week and admitted it. Like I Watson was the guy I, I poked too many holes with. I think the Bears did too, right? You know, they they overlooked obvious things that were right there. And this is what my column on Thursday night was. You know, I think it was obvious with this pick, the Bears fixed what was broken in 2017 with the process. Yeah. Like they, both with, whether it was the scouting, the evaluation, or even the, the trade, you know, being patient, letting fields come to you a little bit, not overreacting and getting too aggressive. Like all these things... The process was just so much better. And I'm sure some of it's luck. Some of it's just how things happen to play out. But that pick gets made. And just like Watson, I think, in... Now, Mahomes was still projection. Nobody knew on draft night, except for the Chiefs, that Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes. But with Watson, as soon as that trade-up was made by the Texans, you were like, oh, that's probably going to work out. Now, of course, he's got all this other stuff going on now. But... um, that's the same vibe I have with Justin Fields. Like the once the pick was made, once it fell out, you're like, "Yeah, it's probably gonna work out." Again, how unbelievable is that? I don't know. <laughs> should we like, hear from Nagy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we should. Um, one point on you know falling in the draft. Yeah, it's luck. Look at again. Look at the the Chiefs and Texans. Mahomes was drafted at ten. Watson at 12. There are a lot of QB needy teams that passed up on him. Same thing unfolded here with the Bears in 2021. Yeah. Let's hear from the coach. By the way, did you... Um, we can't get into all this, but did did you happen to get a phone call from somebody like six hours before the draft about Justin Fields <laughs> to the Bears? I'm just curious. I got a lot of phone calls that day. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious if... if uh, Maybe somebody affiliated with this podcast called you like six hours before this. Yes, um, pick- Kevin called me. No, I, oh okay. I'll give you the credit. We'll get. We'll, I'll give you some credit. Adam okay. Hogue Hog did call me. Let me look it up. I mean, who calls each other anymore? So you know, the phone. <laughs> it was definitely one of those calls, and and I I, I I can't get into the whole story on this podcast, but I I was. I was like, I have to call Johnson and at least have this documented before the draft starts. He called me at 12.57 p.m. on Thursday. So four hours before the draft started. Yes. You brought up Justin Fields, and that's when we we both agreed that, yeah, this could potentially happen. Yeah. So, okay. Um, okay, give you a little round of applause. Catch <laughs> <laughs> yourself no, in the back. I had forgotten about that, and I was just like, "We gotta." Yeah, that, that happens. That, that, that's that, real. That that's documented in that phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hear from Matt Nagy. So we heard a lot from Pace, and but Nagy finally got to talk yesterday, and um, obviously a lot of people had a lot of questions to him about the whole thing and uh, getting his quarterback. So it's a big chunk of yesterday's press conference, firing off a bunch of questions. Um, but here he is, the head coach on his new quarterback. First question, Pat Finley. Matt, if I would have told you three days ago that you would have wound up with the top two picks that you wound up with, what would you have thought? And and you mentioned Ryan working hard, but what's your evaluation of his draft? 
Yeah, no, well, you never know because uh, there's just so many different ways that these picks could go. Um, I think from my memory of being in this league, I can't remember it, it being this fascinating of a time, especially in particular that first round, not knowing who's going to take what or do what. And, you know, the Ryan's greatest strength is really being able to go through a bunch of what ifs and play different scenarios out. I always joke with them, you know, it's similar to when you're in a game, you got to try to, uh, be, you know, the week prior to the game, play out different situations and, and you know, calls that you're going to make and what are you going to do in this situation or that situation so you're prepared. And so it was hard to predict what was going to happen, but uh, you all saw what we did and, um, you know, what came from it. And we feel really, really good about it. Um, we're, we're super excited about the players that we got in this entire draft. Uh, and, and now the, the excitement now turns to just a lot of focus and shift to us as coaches and these guys as players to now make it happen, make it work. And that's where I think the commitment to, that we all have to one another is, hey, um, we're in a great spot right now. Let's, let's us as coaches work to their strengths and do everything we can to make this a, a winning football team. Dan Wiederer. Matt, first, can you take us inside that draft room on Thursday night as those 90 minutes are unfolding and, and obviously other people in that room are making calls and just kind of your emotions and your mood and trying to figure out if you were going to get the guy you wanted? Yeah, I, again, the, the emotions are, uh, are, are just – I wish everybody could kind of experience it at one time in their life because it's different. You know, it's a, it's a good different and just not knowing – where things are going to go and all these different scenarios that we have and that we plan out uh, knowing if it's going to come to fruition or not. And, and literally, as you guys can probably guess, I mean, it, it's up until, you know, almost the minute sometimes of whether or not something happens. And uh, again, credit to Ryan and to Joey Lane and uh, just watching them work those, those phones and listen to different, opportunities that we could have in different uh, scenarios that play in front of us. And that's where I think for us, um, we work really well together because we try to communicate. And so the, the excitement was there. And, and then, you know, when you're able to get a player um, like Justin Fields in, in the first round, obviously we were uh, super pumped and um, we, we feel like, um, you know, we, we know that when you have a good feeling like that, uh, you can just feel the energy in the room. You can feel the energy from each person. And that's really ultimately what it's all about. You you talk all the time about a touchdown to check down mentality with your quarterbacks. I'm curious your assessment of Justin from the mindset standpoint of that and also just what you think of the, the deep ball he throws, because obviously that's a strength of his. It is a strength of his. And, and maybe with him, we got to go touchdown to touchdown mentality, get some of that, you know, I think that's what, that's where, where that needs to go. And with all of our quarterbacks. So, but I think you're hitting to the point of what one of his strengths is that you see that he does at Ohio state and just so much credit. I want to give credit myself too to, to uh, uh, Ryan day, who, who was just, um, you know, really great uh, in, in the communication part with, with us. Uh, with Ryan and I, and and then just the the relationship that we had going back to our playing days, and I just know that he was really well coached at Ohio State. Ryan and I talked about that, and and now um, it, it's our job to develop him, and I think that's probably the biggest thing uh, that that we've taken into this thing is there is there will be a plan with Justin and and with um, with with Andy. And, and with Nick and, and just how we go about this. And I think that's going to be very, very important is that we understand it. Now, fortunately for myself, um, Ryan and I have had a bunch of discussions and, and, and just talking through scenarios. And as everybody has talked about, you know, uh, I was I, I went through that in 2017. So is it going to be the same thing? I don't know. But at least we have some some type of blueprint to at least work off of and, and be able to just kind of use that to start and see where it goes. Kevin Fishbane. Hey, Matt, I, I know you talked about how excited you were to go through the scouting process with these quarterbacks. Can you walk us through maybe when Justin first got on your radar and then being at that pro day, some of the things that really stood out to you, it, it, just how it got to the point where, where he became the guy that you, you kind of coveted? Well, um, you know, it, it's it for myself, um, as I was 
going through last year just on a on a phone conversation, just talking with with uh, with Coach Day at Ohio State. We were going through a bunch of different players, just talking about different guys that he has. And, and towards the end of it, um, we, you know, we, we discussed Justin and, and he brought up, um, you know, he mentioned that, man, this kid is, is absolutely, you know, he's a generational uh, talent. And it just stuck with me, generational player. And, and when you hear that, those, those are strong words, but you understand the respect I have for him and what that means. And so, um, you know, Ryan and I, I, I told that story to Ryan last year. And so we, we've been keeping our, our eye on him and as, as all these different positions and players throughout the league, but we get to the point to where we're at here uh, at the end of the season. And Ryan sits down with me and we just talk through where we're at and where we're at moving forward. And we looked at it together, like, Hey, let, let's go about this and let's evaluate these, these quarterbacks as we go through this process. Let's see who, who we like. And, and, you know, um, you know, how many guys there are, where they're at, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And in the end, you know, um, just for, for Ryan and I to, to just discuss all of this and come up with this decision together that we wanted to do this. That's what's what's really neat is, is that. So um, you guys know you've seen all the highlights on Justin and his strengths and who he is um, on the field. But I think what everybody is will see as he grows as a player in person is who he is. Um, you know, whether it's in, in meetings um, with you guys, with, with interviews, and then obviously on the grass, what he can do. Adam Hogue. Yeah, Matt, Ryan mentioned to us that you, you talked to Andy on Thursday night. How did that conversation go? And what, what do you feel like is his mentality right now going in? Yeah. You know what, Adam, I had two conversations um, on Thursday. I had one, earlier in the day that um, just just catching up with him, seeing how he's doing, but also just ex explaining to him that, you know, there's so many different things that could happen. And, um, you know, I think that that's very important to discuss. Hey, we we don't know even at that time what could go on. Um, and that was great catching up with him. And then when we went ahead and moved up and got Justin uh, later on that evening, I thought it's very important to um, to talk to Andy and just explain where we're at. Uh, every one of you on, on the call, including myself, would probably want the same phone call to know what's going on, why it's going on, where things are at. And Andy is a hell of a person. And um, we've built a great relationship already in the short time that we've been together. And I just got too much respect for him. And that that's, that's just how we do things around here. And I think that uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him the, be the, the best quarterback he can be. And he handled it uh, as a true pro, and he's a he's a complete uh, teammate. He's a great person, um, and that's he's always been that way. So um, that's just kind of where where we're at, and, and I appreciate that from him. Larry Mayer, Matt, I just wanted to ask you about Justin Fields as well. What attributes about him as a player excite you the most? And I know you also touched on this in terms of when you found out you were able to get him, but when it was possible and you realized that it was reality, just you personally, what was your reaction? What were you thinking? Yeah, there's a lot of different emotions that go through you. And, and um, again, for Justin, uh, who is he as a player? Well, you know, we can all see that he's a complete quarterback that has uh, in, in a ton of intangibles, uh, he's a threat every time he, the football is in his hands as a passer and a runner, but yet he makes really good decisions. He's played in big time moments. He's one of the you know toughest quarterbacks, um, and I've been around a lot, a lot of tough quarterbacks, but he's definitely up there in regards to his experience at the college level, and I think he hangs his hat on that. Um, and as we all grow with him, uh, I think we're going to sense uh, that that he really has a little bit of that it factor to him too, which is, which is neat, you know? And, and so that has to um, come naturally to everybody and, and some, some have it, some don't. And I think that uh, for him, it's going to be exciting for him to just come in here and learn how to be a professional quarterback. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. He's going to be able to learn from, from great coaches and from great players that are going to be in the same room from him. And he knows that. And I think that's the part of Justin is that he's, he's super mature. Um, he's very focused. 
and but he's competitive as hell. And sometimes um, that pushes people, and I think it certainly pushes him, but he does it in a respectful way, and he's had a lot of success doing it. Adam Johns. Hey, Matt, question for you uh, about that keeps plan that you guys had for, for Patrick. I, I imagine that some level of patience or, or commitment to patience back then. But I, I'm curious, like, how much did it actually help you guys in that plan that Alex Smith was there and actually playing well? And then how important is it to maybe stay patient here just in case, you know, Andy has some ups and downs this season? No, that's a good question, Adam. Um, you know, we were uh, back back then, I think, in our, our, our fourth fourth or fifth year with Alex. I think it was our fifth year. And um, so it was a little different in, in that fact. But when I when I bring up that example or that blueprint that, that Ryan and I talk about, um, it's more so probably of um, just the dynamics of the meeting room and how those conversations went um, and, and how the personalities were of Alex and Patrick at the beginning and how it ended in the end, um, just the way that year went, how it was at practice, how different reps were, um, you know, and there's just so much that goes into it. And, and so that's a part of the, the blueprint. And um, but again, you know, you look at a guy like um, like Andy Dalton and his experience and the, the time he's seen that part is extremely similar to Alex at the same point in their career where they, you know, Andy's seen every defense made to man. He's watched a lot of tape. He's seen a lot of different schemes that people throw at him. He's been in playoff games. Um, Just he's done a lot of things the right way. And so how great is that for a young rookie to come on in and learn from a guy like, like him and Nick Foles and, and see like, there's, there's things that he can take from them and really put into his toolbox and use to make him be the greatest quarterback he can possibly be. And, and so the timing element of, of Justin, you know, we're, we will know, and there's, there's observations from all of us as coaches every single day. And, and um, just like we would tell any quarterback, when you come in here, you do everything you can to be the best quarterback you can be, whether it's in the meeting room or whether it's in practice and everything else will take care of itself. And, and all of those guys are going to do it. And then, you know, we just got to decide then when we get to that point, how, how is he developing and, and, and how is everybody doing and really keeping it as honest as possible with all of those guys. And then um, when the time is right, I promise you, every single person will know uh, including Justin, when it's the right time. And uh, that's naturally how, how it happens. How about Nick's role in, mm-hmm. in this, just in, in terms of, you know, you have a Super Bowl winner there, but I, I'm curious, what do you see his uh, input being? Like, what do you envision his, his role with Justin being? It, it, r- extremely valuable. Uh, again, I have a, you guys know, I have a really good relationship with Nick. Nick and I have had some really uh, good conversations, healthy conversations since the end of the season. Uh, Nick is his, his mindset right now. He's in a really, really good place. And all he wants to do is be the best teammate. He can be, be be the best player. He can be support all of us and we want to support him. So I've been there with, I've seen Nick in a lot of different roles. I've seen how he handles things. Um, and we all know as coaches that, um, we're all going to work for each other. There's, there's no selfishness. Uh, we're all here to help the Chicago bears win a Super Bowl. And we need to do it together. And, and all three of those quarterbacks in that room, Andy, Nick, and Justin, are all unbelievable people, right? And they all have their own experiences, and they're all different, but they're all going to help each other. And then you take that along with our coaching, coaching staff and the coaches that are going to be hands-on with those three guys, with John Filippo and Bill Lazor, and it's a, it's a really, really great environment um, for all of those guys. And when you look at a young guy like Justin, um, I've, I've been with with Flip for a long time and I've watched him develop quarterbacks and I've seen the way that, in, you know, w- what he does it and how he does it. And I have a ton of belief in him as a position coach slash passing game coordinator. And I have a ton of belief in Bill Lazor uh, with quarterbacks as well. So um, that that's the exciting part for me. That's where there's a lot of trust in this um, in this development part 
which is so, so big. We need to develop not just uh, Justin, but all of these guys that we just drafted along with every other player that's on this team. Jason Leisure. Matt, I have two questions for you about Justin Fields. One quickly, did you have him in your evaluations? Did you have him above Wilson and uh, Lance? Well, so a couple things, and I've always been this way. I think you guys know it, even dating back to, to 2017. But um, I'm not going to get into any of my uh, any of my my rankings or where we're at. But uh, we, I think that all five of those quarterbacks in that first round are very good quarterbacks. And, well, as far as developing Justin, how will how do you find the line? I don't think you've ever coached a quarterback with his skill set, unless I'm wrong. Have you? Well, I would say this: I've coached a lot of different quarterbacks. Um, I started as a young coach in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb uh, as a quality control coach. I've been with Kevin Cobb. I've been with a rookie in Nick Foles. I've been with Michael Vick. I've been with Alex Smith. I've been with uh, Trent Edwards. You know, from my prior time prior to the Bears, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, as a rookie. So, so many different scenarios. They're all different. And that's what makes it so so much fun is for me to say, okay, here we are. Now it's it's Andy, you got Nick, you got Justin, you got all these guys that are great quarterbacks. And, and the development part is how do we uh, put a plan together to get the best of, of all three of those guys. And so that's, for me, the fun part. And uh, they all have their strengths and weaknesses as we do as coaches. So how do you, how do you balance for finding Justin into what you envision as an ideal quarterback, but also maintaining what has gotten him to this point, what has made him so successful and made you guys fall in love with him this week? Yeah, that's, that's really good question. And here's how I'd answer that is part of that process is going to be for us as coaches, the development part with Justin is making sure that, you know, we're get he's getting, um, you know, reps, the repetitions, where is he getting those reps? How is he getting them? Where's the extra work coming in um, the film study? And that's got, we're not, we're not at that part yet as, as a coaching staff, we're going to sit down and now really who, now we know who we have and where they're at. We can sit down and really put together a schedule and a plan of how this is going to get done. And um, that's the part where, again, I think Ryan mentioned this to you guys the other night or other day, uh, the example of some of these college quarterbacks that do a lot of no huddle is they're looking over to their coaches and they're getting signals and signs and all this stuff. They're coming in, they're standing there, they give a knee or they clap their hand or they fake clap their hand and the ball snapped. It's a little different when you get to the, to the NFL. And uh, I think he told you the story, but I always remember when Patrick came in in rookie camp and he got in the first huddle and he was never in a huddle before and he started screaming the plays and the defense could hear it on the other side because he never called a huddle, a play call in the huddle before. Those are the little things that we all think we can just get up and do that these kids haven't done. Getting a snap from under center and taking doing different things there. So that those small little processes take time. Once we get that, you can play faster and faster. And and so um, going back to your question, Jason, uh, it, there's going to have to be a really good plan in place to make sure that we can see that development. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, like my first impression of this press conference was like Matt Nagy is he's like sitting on his hands, right? Like, like, you, like, you know, he's excited, like just wants to be emphatic with his answers, but he's doing his best to contain himself, right? Like yeah. that was my early read on Nagy. I'm like, oh, he's being too like he's restraining his excitement right now. And we have to get that out of him because we know it's there. We know he probably danced in that draft room at Hallis Hall. 
We knew he was ecstatic. Let's get that out of him. If he did, I want to see that video. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Bear, bear social media team. Like, that's got to be out there. Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? So my first impression as those questions were like, did you notice he didn't really even mention Justin's name for a while? That's what like, I mean. Least, <laughs> yeah. Like, but he was trying to downplay it, I think. And, um, be fair, maybe to the rest of the draft picks, and but at the end of the day, I mean, you you always the first pick always gets like I remember when they drafted David Montgomery, like David Montgomery got the first round treatment even though he was a third rounder, yeah, just because he was the Bears' first pick, yeah, because uh, they didn't have a first or second rounder that year. So the first pick always gets most of the attention. In this case, it's Justin Fields. So you know, I, I think after a minute or two, then he's like, okay, and then he starts gushing about. The vertical when he said when he said uh when when he got asked about the touchdown to check down mentality Ohio State he said uh, yeah we might need to get touchdown to touchdown that was when it first slipped out like okay yep he's yep. he's I'm excited pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can't sleep at night because I'm so happy I'm I'm that pumped that's how he is yeah it's he tried it's a valiant effort to to mm-hmm. contain his enthusiasm but. We know it's there. We know it's there. Um, anything that, that that really struck you um, about it? For 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 me, it was again. It's his input and it's his relationship with Ryan Day, and then it's going yeah. to be how this plan plays out. Um, I know that was my question. Kind of gave a long winded answer there, but that's everything now. But just to go back to the the really late relationship with with Ryan Day and you know Justin Fields kind of landing on the Bears' radar early in 2019. Big sign of how different this evaluation process was in 2017. That was one sentence to me that stood out when he said, "I know he's been well coached." That's what he like. He has that confidence that he at um at a, he knows he still has to develop him at this level, but he knows Nagy said that he knows that he was coached at a high level at Ohio State. That that stood out to me that they had that confidence, um, and I don't know that it. I, I like the staffs at BYU and I like I actually really like that staff at North Dakota State um and I'm forgetting the name of that quarterback coach there the OC but he's actually gotten a pretty good reputation uh, I mean obviously North Dakota State yeah. sent three quarterbacks now to the NFL in, in just like the last five or six years um but this is kind of a different level right it's a, it's Ohio State Ryan Day he's just been so impressive since he got there you know he walks in from San Francisco and within like 12 months is the interim head coach and the obvious candidate to take over for urban Meyer and has done nothing but good things, especially on, on the offense. But with that pro, I mean, they're in the national championship game, you know, that, so that stood out to me and is very, very credible and true about Justin. Fields. Well, 2019 was day's first years. The Buckeyes had coach, was it not? And that was yep. the first year, of Justin Fields after transferring from Georgia. So talk about a guy who changes a program, you know, who would know that better than Ryan day, his first yeah. year in charge. And you always bring up that stat, what 41 touchdown passes, one interception in his first 12, 13 games. What is it? 13 games, 13 games. Now he struggled in the uh, playoff game. Um, I shouldn't say strong. I mean, they should have won that game against Clemson. Remember, there was that weird call, but I think he had one touchdown and two interceptions in that game. So it was a, um, I don't say wake up call, but it was a different level. Now you're going up against Clemson and you're going up against Trevor Lawrence. And, but what's I think very encouraging is then you fast forward one year, they play each other again and Justin Fields was a, just a legendary performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah against Clemson below clearly better than Trevor Lawrence that day absolutely was that day so, so uh, that you know that sh- that shows some growth obviously I in my opinion I think that's a pretty pretty good uh sign of how much better he got yeah and then they ran into that arguably one of the best college football teams of all time in in, in Alabama um I mean they're part of that discussion it's how good Alabama I mean how many guys they get drafted Ohio State a lot of guys drafted but I mean Alabama had a lot early on um did you see that random stat? I don't know. This is totally uh, going off the page here, but Michigan State for the first time in 70 years wow, did not have a player drafted. I thought the kid from Evanston had a shot, but he became yeah. an undrafted uh, free agent signing by, oh, God, I'm 
blanking now. I could pull uh, Tom Savage, but I can't pull where the Chicago kid goes. Signs. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Was it the Texans? It sounds I right. I yeah, think, I think he, it wasn't close to home. I know. Um, yeah, that Tom Savage pull that was pretty good. You can't top that. Um, does that beat yeah. your that does that beat your phone call predicting a potential move for uh, maybe Fields? <laughs> maybe. Um. All right, we should probably talk about these other picks. Who? Who did they pick? <laughs> we had them on the screen there for a while. They're scrolling. Uh, there they are. For those of you watching on YouTube, um, well, they got Tevin Jenkins. We we talked about him. Let's start. We can c- come back to Jenkins, but it was interesting. They go to Larry Borum and they get um, two offensive tackles back to back, and. Pace, one of the things Pace said yesterday that I thought was interesting about Borum is he said he's totally transformed his body. Like, you turn on the tape, and you see a guy who's very wide, huge, big dude, and you're immediately looking at him, and you're like, this guy needs to get an NFL conditioning program. You know, his weight is going to be something that's going to matter. Same way, like, remember when Eddie Goldman was coming out? Like, that was a very... That was something that we were constantly talking to him about, and the Bears were working with him on when he first got drafted, when he was a rookie and even going into his second year. Yeah. Um, I remember he, those conversations. It was yeah. like standing outside Hallis Hall and Eddie Goldman talking about his, like it was, it was a fast food diet in, in a sense. That, that's what he was eating a lot and how he changed that. So, but it was just interesting to hear Pace say that Larry Borum's kind of already done that based on how, what they saw at the pro day. Uh, they liked what they saw. They thought he was faster than they expected. Now, you have months to train for that. Now, you got to go be a football player again. So, let's see what that looks like. But again, we're talking about a fifth-round pick here. We're not talking about a guy that I think they're going to be expecting to put Tevin Jenkins at left tackle week one and Borum at right tackle week one. I mean, he's probably going to be a rotational piece and may have to move inside the guard. We'll see. Now, the fifth round's been good for the Bears. Bilal Nichols, Darnell Mooney. But late-round offensive linemen... Now, now there's always projection and, and, and swings that need need to be had at that position, but like it, it hasn't been as good with offensive linemen, right? Like the hit rate for offensive linemen right. on day three of the draft isn't as good as other positions for the Bears. But we'll see what they get here. Um, I, I'd like, well, it's, it's become clear that they had a personality type in this draft, right? It's especially for the top three picks, right? Again, the toughness and toughness, toughness. And toughness, right? And then once you get to Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, they wanted big, mean, nasty guys, like like attitude adjusters, guys that will change not only the, the makeup of the offensive line by their presence, but by their own attitudes, the way they play. They want that type of presence. Now, that could hint at a, at a big running game, a big shift to the running game coming in. I think we saw that later in the season because it, it worked. And Matt Nagy, believe it or not, does want to run the football. Um, but that's why he's changing his offensive line because he thinks he like he needs a different vibe to it, different mean streak to it. I think he's going to try to. I think he's definitely have it in Jenkins. We'll see about Borum, but it's all part of that. Like there's a big shift on the offensive line in terms of the mental makeup of these guys. And again, I asked multiple times once again about Charles Leno and how that might all shake out. I mean, he, the headline is nothing's been guaranteed to Charles Leno Jr. And they're going to let it play out on the practice field. So, and I think that's a great mentality. I mean, have these guys com- compete. Jermaine Effetti, Tevin Jenkins, Charles Leno. If Larry Borum's good enough to get out there early, we'll see. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick. Let's not lose sight of that. Uh, but hopefully it brings some toughness out of all of them. But they do need a little bit more nasty in there. And and, and they're going to have to run the ball if Andy Dalton's the quarterback. So I, I think it sets up pretty good. If they can establish and keep the momentum going with what they got from David Montgomery in the second half of last season. I mean, he was really, really good. You get that going with Andy Dalton, and then at some point you maybe pull the trigger and you, now you've established the, the running game and now you put Justin Fields in their quarterback, bring some vertica- verticality to the uh, offense. 
That could be good. Yeah. Yeah. What did Pace say? I know we didn't play Pace, but well, he made it sound like there was a concerted effort to address the offensive line. And mm-hmm. for once, like, he actually stuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get they had other needs, but the investment in the offensive line had to happen, especially after you took Justin Fields with the 11th overall yeah. pick. You got to keep him upright. You got to protect them. And if you listen to Tevin Jenkins, like, like there'll be hell to pay if anybody gets their hands on Justin Fields. You, you love to hear all that stuff. And that's real, by the way. I think a lot of guys say stuff and they don't play that way. Tevin Jenkins plays that way. Um, Mike Gundy. Yeah, that's on that, his tape. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Gundy made that clear. Um, Oklahoma State's head coach, when we talked to him yesterday, it's they want a different energy from the guys up front. And I, I think we'll see some of that almost immediately, you know, because like like white hair's got a little bit of a nasty side, but they're they're soft spoken. Um, same with James Daniels. Like these guys are good players, but the meanness seems to be like times ten with the Tevins Jenkins as opposed to those guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Khalil Herbert, running back out of Virginia Tech, spent four years at Kansas. Never really carried the load there. Did not see eye to eye with the new coaching staff. Transfers to Virginia Tech and has a really good season last year. Um, sort of a luxury pick, I I, I think. You, you, you have a busy running back room, so I don't know that you needed to add to it, but he's got returnability, kick returnability. So I think that that probably played a, a big role in this. And then when Pace talked about Daz Newsom, the the next pick out of North Carolina, he basically called him a punt returner. So that was interesting because like Tariq Cohen still, you would think the punt returner, but he also got hurt on a punt return on a punt return. So, but you also extended him and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but they have addressed returner, which was a need after losing Cordell Patterson. Yes. Yes. It's, I like it. Like, I'm trying to poke holes in the Bears draft a little bit. Like maybe they should have drafted a cornerback a little bit earlier. But you're talking about six round guys. Is there really a big difference? You know, yeah. from from waiting to from, from taking the corner at 208 or or one in, one at 228 with Thomas Graham Jr. the guy from Oregon. Like it's just you had to need a it, like and you want you know Nagy wants some more offensive weapons so. It makes sense to me. I'm about to have one of those legendary Adam Johns sneezes right now. I'm fighting Oh, it here off. we go. You need a mute button. Can't you mute that mic? I can. You don't, you don't want it on the show? Okay. No, I'm it's just gone. saying. You, it's gone. You know, oh, you that's passed an, it. That's an underrated, like, uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The sneeze <laughs> like, is coming? The sneeze is coming. And yeah. you can feel it building. Is like I'm, As I'm talking there, I'm fighting off the sneeze. But then it doesn't come, and it just leaves you with this unsatisfied feeling <laughs> it's ter- if you don't get the sneeze out that's yeah that's a bad feeling it's uncomfortable yeah yeah it's like itchy now well oh i, I got a podcast to plug through we're good <laughs> yeah well we're almost done um, but i will say uh yeah my only gripes are just that they didn't take some players that i liked you know Kate johnson the slot receiver from south dakota state was a guy that and he ended up going undrafted. I couldn't. So, but when that happens, there's usually a reason that we don't know. And, and maybe a good chance that it's medical. You know, they, they, we don't know. But every year there's guys that you look at like third, fourth round picks and they go undrafted. And you're like, okay, well, what's the reason? So there's probably a reason for that. I, I would just say I hope Thomas Graham Jr. can play in the slot because I still think that that's a need for the bears like that that nickelback spot right now i think is a little bit concerning we'll see maybe if they add another piece there um i uh, well, like matt bowen said last week or two weeks ago it's just good to take defensive backs for for special teams for all the reps that go into practice you know with yeah receivers, wide receivers and dbs you need a lot of them you need a lot of them yeah to fill yeah. out your roster so um and i like the tonga pick Kevin Fishbane, well, Fishbane had him in his mock too. Yeah, so that Tonga was celebrated. Time. That that was celebrated on the uh, text messages. Tonga, oh, yeah. Tonga. <laughs> uh, but he's 
look, he's he's maybe a little bit of a one trick pony in that he's just he's really a big, massive nose tackle who's going to stop the run, fill up some gaps for you. But I I thought it was obvious the Bears needed that when they didn't have Eddie Goldman last year. It yeah. it, it they got by, but Bilal Nichols was having to be playing in a position that he's wasn't as comfortable with, comfortable with. And I like Bilal Nichols a lot, so let's keep him where he should be on that line, where he can make more plays. Um, so when Eddie Goldman comes out of the game, you don't have to kick Akeem Hicks in there or Bilal Nichols in there. Now they have a guy who I think will be able to do that job relatively early, and you got him with a seventh-round pick late. Yeah, yeah. I, I find confidence in the pick in that the Bears, they identify defensive linemen extremely well. Like yeah. the, the rotational contributors, like Bilal Nichols was a, was a call him a triple hit, in the in the fifth round, they found a starter, a guy who's going to get another contract from the Bears. Like they found a really really good player in the fifth round, but it's just more than that. It's it's the Mario Edwards that come in, it's the um, Brent Urbans that come in. Like they are very good at identifying pieces that fit their defensive scheme and guys who could be contributors, guys you that you notice on Sundays. So if they see something in Tonga, like you and that uh, Adam, like you and Kev saw something in. Tonga, like, good for them. You know, they're that's a position they're really good at evaluating. Well, and I again, it's the value of where they got. I mean, I put them in the fifth round in my mock, um, and because I thought the floor was guy who can play pretty early as, as a backup. I don't know that he's a three down starting nose tackle, but I think he can probably be active on game day week one and give you give you reps um so to get that in the seventh round you gotta like i mean most times seventh round picks are like the linemen they got last year arlington hambright and uh lechavius simmons like those are guys you're just hoping develop right that yeah. you uh, they, they could have been priority free agents that you just secured by using that seventh round pick on and um, you just hope they develop. I think in Tonga's case, maybe he'll develop into something more, but I, I think right away he's he's somebody that you can put out there on the field. So that to me, that's valuable as a seventh-round pick. That doesn't happen a lot. There's, there's a lot of guys who have long careers just being space eaters. Like guys mm-hmm. who are on their first and second down and they make their living stopping the run. We're not, gonna, yeah. we're not saying he's going to be an all-pro, but no. again, he can have a solid career handling that role. And by the way, he t- turns 25 in July, so he's he's an older guy. He's somebody that you're um, when when his rookie contract runs out, he's gonna be 29. So you're hoping to get like something out of him pretty quickly, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he can, and I'm sure that's partly why he fell, being an older prospect. But um, he's also got a cool backstory that we can go into at some point. He had kind of a rough childhood. Um, Ended up, ended up getting adopted by a family, I think, when he was in his teens. So, so almost similar to Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham's backstory, and I think obviously used football as a vehicle to kind of keep him on a straight path. And um, so it's kind of a cool story too. He's a team captain last year, Tonga, and and Pace was talking yesterday about how much they like his makeup. So that part of it's kind of a cool story too. And now he's a bear. All right. I don't think we missed anyone. I think we got I think we got everybody in there. We'll save the undrafted free agents for the next show. Yeah, the the one I'm forgetting his name, the undrafted uh the edge rusher out of Virginia is an interesting guy cuz I thought he could have been drafted higher. I think Dane Brugler had him like as a fourth round pick or something yeah, like did. that. Yeah, he did. He did. Um so that's but he's like a he's almost like a Leonard Floyd type, like long and lanky, and he's gonna have to put some put some muscle on. But uh, you know, he's I think he's got some traits to like as a, it, as a free agent. It's been a while since Ryan Pace has had a an undrafted guy hit right. Like what was, his last one was Roy Robertson Harris. Before that, he had Cam Meredith and Bryce Callahan. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one that's hit recently. Yeah, nobody from last year's class no. stands out. Um, but he's been pretty good at identifying players that yeah. can become contributors at, at the NFL level on Sundays. Um, yeah, it's been a couple of years, though. 
All right. Uh, well, a lot of fun breaking this all down. Still can't believe Justin Fields is a bear. If you're excited about it, we got t-shirts. Obviousshirts.com. Check them out. Uh, thanks to everybody that supported the podcast doing that. And uh, hey, oh, there they oh, are. look at that. If you're on YouTube, you can see them. That's our guy Kent is uh, all he's 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 turned into a TV producer here. This is awesome. Uh, doing a great job. So we appreciate uh, we, we appreciate all the support. Follow us on Twitter. Read all of our content. Please do. Like there was, uh, I don't mean to beg, but like there's we, so much. We put a lot of hard work in this. It's like, <laughs> and there's more coming this week. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, if you're into this Justin Fields pick, like I assume every single person in Chicago is, we got a lot of Justin Fields stuff coming your way. Justin Fields was roaming around the streets of Chicago yesterday. A buddy of mine ended up getting a picture with him. Come on. Like uh, downtown right by the Michigan Avenue Bridge. That's sweet. Yeah. So they were giving him a tour. I, I know he went to Soldier Field. Um, some of that ended up, I think, on Justin's Instagram. But yeah, he was also apparently just kind of taken in the city too. He won't get booed at a Bulls game. Now that fans are allowed back in the Bulls game. I forgot about that. Yes, he will not get booed. There'll be like a standing ovation. That that right there is a good reminder of just what the reaction was like after the Mitch pick. I forgot that that had happened. Yeah, that was kind of ugly. Yeah, he's this is he would get a standing ovation if Justin Fields walked into a Bulls game. Um, let's hope there's a time where there's a full United Center and he can do that. Maybe go to a game with Allen Robinson. Yeah. Start working on big basketball uh, fan, big basketball fan, and then get that can, relationship going. Maybe get start that talking going. about twenty twenty two with Alan. Yeah, yeah, that's another storyline. There's plenty more for us to get into here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, that being one of the potential fallouts uh, after getting Allen Robinson an actual quarterback to play with. That'll be nice for his career. All right, um, we'll be back Tuesday. Trying to line up some things for you, uh, but either way, we'll have uh, probably a guest or two on Tuesday and get some more insight on... Um, I'd like to get Nate Tice back on because he loved Justin Fields. So maybe we'll do that sometime this week, but we'll be back. Plenty more coverage to come. Talk to you later in the week. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>